Uh, my name is Trevor Berrell. I'm a sustainable energy systems engineer. I've worked in the area of renewable energy, energy efficiency for 30 years. And I was a founding member of Friends of the Earth in Brisbane. And I'm also a founding member of the Alternative Technology Association up here in Queensland, involved in the Solar Energy Society as well. My whole career has been focused on trying to take renewable energy and energy efficient forward and to displace the need ever again for either fossil fuels or for nuclear energy. I got involved uh, with the coal and coal seam gas sector because um, some farmers up on the Darling Downs called the Felton Valley Farmers formed a very, very effective group to fight against an open-cut coal mine petrochemical plant which was planned on their beautiful farmland, some of the best Australia. About 1-2% of Australia has good soils with reliable rainfall. That's not much uh, and we really need to preserve that and the coal industry really doesn't care about that. So. Um, uh, I'll come back to the, the, the Felton farmers at the end. Um, I want to just uh, reinforce what, um, what Drew was just saying. Renewable energy has come of age. Um, it's not just because uh, the prices have fallen. Um, it's because people have been working away behind the scenes for many years now, developing good products that last a long time, that are reliable and so on. So we've now got a, a plethora of really well-developed technologies that are well and truly ready to take over from fossil fuels, and they're starting to do that. And opinion polls of the general public have said, we want renewable energy, we want energy efficiency to power us in the future. We don't want more coal, gas or nuclear energy. That's what opinion polls have been telling us for many years. Uh, so the, the technologies, they're affordable, they're clean, they create millions of jobs. Um, and a classic case is a country like Germany, uh, which has got a long-term goal to shift towards renewable energy and is doing it very rapidly. And we see more capacity of renewable energy stored each year, in, installed as electricity generation each year and as thermal systems um, to displace the need for both fossil fuels and nuclear than those fuels, those uh, dirty alternatives uh, can provide. Coal seam gas and natural gas have been pushed by the fossil fuel lobby as a transition fuel. There's no such thing as a clean fossil fuel. It just simply doesn't exist. Uh, any fossil fuel has pollutants associated with the process all the way along the chain from mining the stuff to finally burning it, consuming it, however we do. Fossil fuels are impacting now on a planetary scale, not just the climate. The ocean acidification, the nitrogen cycle is being affected, uh, chemical pollution of all types, land, water, sea, air, uh, and air, uh, atmospheric aerosol levels. Now, if you look at research being done by groups like the Stockholm Resilience Institute, a think tank of, of multidisciplinary scientists, they show very clearly um, the sort of problems that fossil fuels are now impacting on these planetary systems. As a transition fuel, it doesn't work. It simply doesn't shift us quickly enough away from a disastrous outcome with climate change. Um, and even the two degree goal that uh, many, many governments uh, are pushing, um, which is looking increasingly unlikely to be achieved, uh, simply is probably pushing many ecosystems way too far. So probably one to one and a half degrees temperature rise, much saner level that we should aim for. So really, the transition fuel, it doesn't achieve the outcomes that we need from a climate point of view, but also from many other aspects of the dirty fuels that fossil fuels are. So it's simply a delaying tactic by the fossil fuel lobby group that uh, use sophisticated greenwash campaigns. The grab for gas that we're seeing now promoted strongly by federal and state governments in Australia, well, is an example of the power that these industries, these corporations have in order to write policy. 
Uh, and things like clean coal, well, that's one of the greatest oxymorons ever invented, along with economic rationalism that gave us the GFC and the Productivity Commission in Australia that says that only energy-efficient measures that give us a greater than 25% return on investment are worthwhile. Uh, these sort of organisations and the names that go with them are, are um, they're, they're oxymorons. They're not the way forward. What about clean coal and so-called uh, carbon capture and, and sequestration? Well, it's simply not happening. And if you look at the scale of it, it's unimaginable what needs to be done. Just to capture 20% of greenhouse gas emissions in the United States by 2050 requires 30,000 square kilometres of underground storage each year. 30,000 square kilometres. Uh, just to capture 20%, not 100% of the emission. And the International Energy Agency now says that carbon capture and storage is simply not going to happen unless governments subsidise it. So why the rush and why do governments push CSG, which is really just the tip, of course, of the iceberg of more coal mining? Uh, well, we've seen such a swing to the political right, together with the 1980s, with economic rationalism coming in as the dominant economic cultural belief system. Uh, and really, we've seen governments shrink in size and give way to the corporate world like never before. So we see democracy and, and policy making increasingly dysfunctional. Uh, and controlled by highly paid lobbyists from powerful corporations. There is very little bipartisan agreement to deal with big picture issues like climate change, population, ecosystem decay, food and water security uh, and nuclear war, for example. And that's particularly so in all of the rich countries that have lots of fossil fuels still, Australia, Canada and the United States. So we see the, the large corporations wielding enormous power. The BHB Billitons, which have capitalised revenues of something like 60 billion, that have a revenue stream each year of about 30 billion. That's equivalent to the Queensland government's revenue of about 40 billion per year. The fossil fuel industry basically has written energy policy in Australia for many, many years and continues to do so. And renewable energy and energy efficiency get a few handouts along the way, basically to placate uh, the, the green lobby, and we take away on one year and they give us a little bit back the next year and it comes and goes and the industry suffers in terms of long-term planning as a result. The fossil fuel industry has employed really a multi-pronged and prolonged attack on the climate change policy since the early 90s and it's been largely successful. It, um, it, it has stifled the international agreements uh, and it continues to um, stuff up energy policy making in Australia. Uh, certainly the ALP couldn't get it right and of course Johnny Howard was all the way with, uh, with the mining industry. If we look at the industry as well, it receives massive subsidies from government. Uh, federal government gives out typically $10 billion per year in subsidies. About half of that goes to diesel fuel. They get 43 cents off per litre of every bit of diesel fuel that they burn in the fossil fuel industry. The state government has been giving in the order of $1 to $1.4 billion per year in subsidies to build this industry. CSIRO estimates that the massive damage from fossil fuels every year just to property and health in Australia is between $6 and $11 billion. My own estimates based on US research of the external costs, the pollution and health costs from fossil fuels in Queensland is that it's about $6 billion cost per year to the, Australia, to the Queensland economy. The International Monetary Fund recently estimated that international subsidies to fossil fuel industries are $1.9 trillion per year. And another group called the World Future Council has estimated what we call the usage loss value. So instead of burning the fossil fuels, if we had kept it for other products like carbon fibre, for example, what's the lost value because we went and burnt the stuff? 
it's about 3.3 trillion per year. It's about $9 billion a day. So what's the response of the LNP? Well, it's been, again, to throw whatever they can to help the industry. And, of course, what they're doing is they're taking the royalties, the meagre royalties that they do earn, about $2 billion per year, and putting $500 million of that back into communities through a program called Royalties to Regions, which is really just a way of buying out of the people that are trying to resist by giving money back into those communities. And I guess remember that once the CSG is just the tip of, the, of more coal mining because all they're doing is accessing the coal seam gas as the first stream of revenue and then they'll come back later for the coal. Just to, to finish off, we need a transition to renewable energy, energy efficiency. Gas isn't a suitable transmission, uh, transition fuel. Uh, clean coal is a complete and utter oxymoron. It's simply not going to get us out of the mess that we're heading towards. But groups like Felton Farmers are taking us, I think, towards the direction that we need to go, which is based on a distributed, what we call a distributed or decentralised ge energy generation model. And I did a sustainable energy plan for the Felton Farmers back in 2010 and mapped out potentially what they could generate using solar and wind power uh, and some solar water heating systems and so on across their valleys on land that was not good farmland. It's generally of degraded soils, just grazed. Um, and it turns out they can provide clean energy for about 160,000 homes indefinitely into the future or drive 400,000 electric vehicles 15,000 kilometres each per year and feed 160,000 people as well from their farmland. This is an area of that. So we need a much better model of how we're going to produce energy in the future. We have the technologies and those models are developing rapidly. The distributed model, for example, is, is evolving in many countries right now around the world. And the Felton farmers are saying, well, we want to do it on our land uh, and use our land productively for both food production, which of course is energy, uh, as well as renewable energy for electricity, heat or whatever. Thank you.